Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Tongue holds the power of death and life, destruction and healing, the crushed spirit or the tree of life. Your words can produce discouragement, sorrow, or in fear, or our words can produce hope, joy, and peace. So, you know, first of all, I want to just kind of talk about just the words of Jesus. Now, you guys all know God's words have power, right? He spoke this world into existence. He said, let there be light, and light appeared. He spoke animals and plants and the stars, moon, and the sun into existence, and they came into being. He said, let us make man in our own image, and, uh, and here we are. And so his words are powerful. And also, what is this called? This is also the Bible is referred to as the word of God. And, um, you know, it's his words to us, which I love. Like, if we ever want to, if you guys are ever thinking, like, man, I really want to grow in hearing God's voice, just open up the Bible, open up the word, and he speaks to us. It's his word to us. Hebrews uh, 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So as you can see, it's living and powerful. And I like that it says it's sharper than a sword, the word of God. And it's not like the word of God pierces us, not like in a hurtful way, but I believe it's in a, it's a helpful way because really when the word of God is in our lives, that's when we experience conviction and awareness of our sin. And um, really like that conviction is an expression of God's mercy because it's when we're convicted that we go to God and repentance and ask him for, for forgiveness. And then that's how we find freedom and, and, and wholeness and healing. And, you know, if I am ever discouraged, or even when I'm not discouraged, I'll just turn on my Bible app and just listen to the Word of God, and I just feel like it washing my heart, and just, it brings so much life to me. John six sixty three says, it is a spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and life. Now, to look on the opposite side of things, Satan's words obviously bring death, destruction, hopelessness. And uh, Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He's called a deceiver. So he takes, Satan uses his words to obviously cut and tear down and to make us question God and to make us doubt the word. And, um, you know, he just, he twists the Lord's words. And so we want to believe, obviously, what the word says. And it kind of takes just a discernment. Like, Lord, what is, what's that thought that went in my, my mind? Was that from you, from Satan, or was that my own thought? And so sometimes just knowing the word, it helps us to differentiate between like the voice of Satan, our thoughts, and God's thoughts. Okay, so another point I really want to um, emphasize tonight is our tongue is a rudder. I'm sure you guys are familiar with James, where it talks about, um, James compares our tongue to being a rudder, 
So I'm just going to turn there. James 3, 4. Okay, it says, look also at ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So I'm just going to keep going a little bit too. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And so, like, as you can see from those two verses, like, our tongue is so small, but yet it's so powerful. And really, we can, we can dictate where we go in life based on what we say. So the, wor- when we ch- the words we say can therefore choose, we can choose therefore where we go in life. And I was just thinking, as I was just thinking about, like, what I was going to share tonight, um, I was just thinking how I don't really say a whole lot of life-giving statements or prophetic words over my own life. I do a lot over my kids. I prophesy and I speak life statements over them, especially before bed, encouragements. But I'm like, I don't really do it a whole lot over my life, with the ex- uh, exception for one little phrase I say a lot to myself. It's, um, it's based on Havla Cunningham's book. I was inspired by her book. She, um, it's called um, I Can Do Hard Things. And so like, if I'm exercising, I'll, I'll just say, I can do hard things. Or the other day I was in the cemetery running. I was pushing 70 pounds. My, my two little kids, um, Zeke and Glory in the stroller, pushing 70 pounds up a hill. Like, I can do hard things. And so I just, I know like when I say that, it really does propel me to like keep on going and keep on pushing myself. And so um, and besides that, what I say over myself, I realize like I don't really speak a whole lot of life-giving statements over myself and like how I, sh- I need to start doing this because I was just... As I was preparing for this message, I just began to realize more and more about how truly our tongue is a rudder and can really direct our lives. And so in the car, um, as I was thinking about all this stuff, I just began to speak God's identity over my life. I began to prophesy over myself and just speak who I am in Christ and my inheritance and where I'm going and God's love over myself. And like as I'm doing this, I'm just feeling like the presence of the Lord just poured out over, over myself, like in the car. And it was just so amazing. And so I'm like, man, I need to do this more. So I'm committed guys to speaking more life-giving things over myself. And even the other day I caught myself, I was, I had this thought like, oh, I did a bad job here. I remember thinking that I did a bad job in this area. And I was like, no. And so I spoke out, no, I, I have done a good job and I'm doing a good job by the grace of God. And so just even being aware of the little thoughts that come into your mind where Satan wants to discourage you, um, just turn those thoughts. Like when you realize them, turn those thoughts into positive and just be like, no, like, you know what, by the grace of God, I'm, I'm excelling in this area or, um, I'm doing good, (laughs) whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're thinking about that's maybe negative. And so I'm just going to give you guys like an example of, um, you know, something you can speak over yourselves, like, you know, can tailor, tailor it to yourself and your situation and what you feel like God has called you to do, um, or your, you know, your identity. But like, this is just like an example of, um, something to declare of yourself. I am a daughter or son of the King. His light is in me. I am going to spend all of eternity with Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for me. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Even though I feel unworthy, I am worthy by the grace of God. I am a mighty woman of God, an intercessor, an evangelist, a messenger of the truth. I am a 
a faithful wife, a, a mother, a faithful mother, and a friend of God. And so, just like that's just like a little example of you know things that we can just declare over ourselves and whatever you feel like God's called you to do in your life, declare those statements over yourself. And I believe like as we do that, we're going to start to believe it more, which causes us to have more faith to walk it out. And it gives us more excitement for the future. Really, like when I was declaring this stuff over my life, like in the van, I began to like just have more faith and confidence in who I am. And then also just more excitement. Like, wow, God really does have an amazing future and plan for my life. And you can even do it to people that you might not even like. <laughs> so say you don't like someone, you can just start, you don't need to go up to them personally unless you feel like led to the, by the Lord, but you can just begin to speak over that person. Like, you know, just pray for them and then speak, um, you know, Jimmy and just say, Jimmy, you are, you know, a son of God. He loves you. God, you know, just, just even as you like speak that out, I believe that's powerful too. I mean, sure. Jimmy can be in front of you. That'd be great. But just even believing for someone, or sometimes I just do that to, towards my kids. Like I just think about, especially if I'm um, maybe frustrated or, um, you know, I can see more of their flaws. I have to just go to God and be like, God, I want to see what, how you see my kids, that this is like, my kids are amazing, mighty warriors. And so just getting God's perspective and his heart for people in our lives, and then just declaring it and, and aligning your heart with who God says, you know, those people are. And so like on the contrary too, guys, like, you know, obviously we all have people in our lives that speak negative things over us and, um, you know, it can cause unbelief and hurt and fear and insecurity. And so I know for me, like, I don't want to be used as a, as a weapon of hurt and destruction. And I know so many times I have said many hurtful things and, um, you know, I can't take those words back, but I can just ask Jesus day by day, like, Lord, I pray that you'd help me to say the right things and to, um, and just to be your mouthpiece and your voice. You know, I think of Ezekiel, I believe it's Ezekiel 33, um, the story of the dry bones and, uh, Ezekiel is in the midst of this graveyard or these bones everywhere and they're really dry bones and, and Jesus or God says like prophesy to these bones, say to them, you will arise, and, and, and the, what happened was when he prophesied life over these dry bones, these dry bones began to merge together, and a vast army stood up before him. And so, you know, I just look at it, too, as like these dry bones could be maybe things in your life that might seem dry or dead or like there's no hope. You know, just think about those, those, this, those situations. Maybe it's a salvation of a family member or friend, or maybe it's, you know, finances or healing that you're, you're believing for, or just some kind of breakthrough. Speak to those dry bones in your life and just believe that God's going to raise them up and that um, he's going to give life to those dry bones. Because God is a God that gives life to dry bones. He raises the dead. He performs miracles. I mean, nothing is impossible for him. I was on a run in the cemetery also, um, listening to a sermon on my earbuds. And uh, after that sermon stopped, YouTube just switched over to another sermon. And it was a sermon by Joel Osteen. Now, I normally don't listen to him, but he was actually sharing on the power of the tongue. And so I wrote down like a quote from him that I thought was really good. Uh, He said, we are, no, you are where you are today in part because of what you have been saying about yourself. You are where you are today in part because of what you have been saying about yourself. So in essence, like you can't just speak forth negative 
things all the time and expect to live like a positive life. And like, if you have like a poor mouth, you're going to have a poor life. And really like we all, we all have thoughts that come into our minds and really we give, we can give life to our thoughts through the words we speak. That makes sense. Like, so if we have certain thoughts that come into our mind, sometimes we just need to cast those down. But sometimes if we speak them out, like we can give life to what we think and whether it's the good positive sense or the negative sense. James 3.10 says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. So, you know, with our tongue, we can bless our life or with our tongue, we can curse our life. And we can speak hope or healing over people or we can speak the opposite. If you want to change, if you want your life to change, we need to change the way we, we, the, what we say, the way we speak, the what's on our tongue. So if we want our life to change, let's change our words. Proverbs twelve eighteen, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. I love that verse because it just shows how our tongue, um, it's so it's such a small part of our body, but yet it can promote health. It brings has healing power um, in it, and so let's use that. Like I just I want to tap into that healing power, and and there's we're going to kind of dive into more of that in a minute. But um, I also want to share too briefly. I feel like there's so much I can say about the power of the tongue. There's so much scripture. I mean, I feel like I can talk forever, but um, I'm just trying to kind of summarize it, compact it as much as I can to kind of the the key things. I feel like. Um, you know, God's put on my heart. So number th- three I wanted to share is our words reflect our hearts. I saw this quote by Chuck Swindle. We need to think of our tongue as a messenger that runs errands for our hearts. Our words reveal our character. I thought that was so good. We need to think of our tongue as a messenger that runs errands for our hearts. So what is in what is in your heart, that's really what you're going to be saying and speaking. I know um, just you know, listening to people talk, you can tell what they're passionate about based on what they say. And I always love, like as a nurse, I always love t- talking to my patients and asking them, like, okay, so what is your passion in life? And it really, sometimes I didn't even have to ask that question because it wasn't before a lot. Like if I got to know someone pretty soon, like they would just be talking about fishing or their grandkids or God or food or whatever it is. And you could just tell there's just certain things that they were just, they would just talk and talk about. And that's what was in their hearts. Now I don't think, I think that we can have passions other than Jesus. Like definitely he should be number one, but I just loved hearing what people would share what was on their heart and their passions because whatever we're passionate about or whatever we're, um, whatever in our heart, it's, we're going to talk about that. Luke 6, 6, 45 says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure in his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. So what we really, what we speak, you know, obviously, like I said, like it just comes down to what's on the inside. And so I could tell when, um, you know, when I'm tired or maybe not haven't ate in a while, 
I can tell that there's, I'm more prone to sin with my speech. And so, you know, there's just certain times that I can just tell, like, I'm just, if I'm agitated about something or upset about a situation, I'm just more prone. And so just being aware of, you know, what makes you maybe agitated or whatever, and just asking God, okay, maybe I should not talk as much right now, like, because I can kind of sense that I'm kind of tired. Maybe I should just stop talking and kind of hold my tongue because I don't want to, you know, sin with my speech. And so, um, Anyway, like, you know, we just need to watch our hearts and guard our hearts first and foremost, because that is the place that comes like our, our words come out of is our heart and what, like what's inside, which is kind of convicting because man, like I want a pure heart, a clean heart. And sometimes my words don't always reflect a clean, pure heart. Okay. So Philippians two fourteen to 15, I love this verse. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without faults in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. So I know like we pray a lot for, I know as myself, like I pray a lot to be like a bright light. And I know I've heard a lot of Christians pray that they would be bright lights for God and they would shine brightly in the dark world that we're living in. And really, like, this verse talks about how we can be bright lights. It's basically by not grumbling and complaining. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God. Then you will shine as lights. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. And so basically... You like the way that we shine is by holding our tongue and not grumbling and arguing. So if we want to be a bright light, we have to watch what we say, you know, and like, you know, I'm challenged because like, I just think like, how do I respond when, um, there's bad attitudes around me or maybe when my house is a mess or kids are screaming, like, how do I respond? First, it kind of starts in my thoughts, and I kind of like grumble and complain in my mind, and then the pretty soon I'll start saying it with my words. And so I'm like, Lord, I, 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 you know, I want to be grateful in all things, and I don't, I want to shine as a as a light to the world, you know, around me. And even like, you know, how do we use social media? Um, I know a lot of people, you know, get on social media and they'll complain about this or that, and you know, like just ask God, like, what's the root of my, me complaining? Is it to find sympathy or feel better about like my circumstances? Um, you know, just ask God, like, how can I be the, the brightest light, you know, in my sphere of influence on social media or, or just in general, like, how can I, how can I shine brightly and be all that God's called me to be? And, um, you know, it's just so easy to grumble and complain about leaders or people over us or the government when they do things that, we don't approve of or we like and how, but how often do we, instead of grumbling and complaining, do we choose to honor and respect and pray for them? And so I'm challenged myself just even preparing this message. I'm like, I want to be a a woman that instead of grumbling, complaining, like, yes, I want to admit when I don't agree with something, you know, like it's okay to admit that, but, um, there's, there's the line that you cross sometimes when you start to grumble and complain about that. So choose that. Like when you don't agree, choose to take that to God in prayer and choose instead of, you know, putting someone down, honoring them. Like I so desire like in our house to have a culture of honor and I we're far from it. Like a culture where we choose to speak highly with our words to one another and honor each other. 
And, uh, and I want that for the church. I want that for believers that we would be, uh, you know, lights, like I said, um, in this dark world. So also all through, you know, Exodus and Numbers, um, I was just, just realizing like how many times there's a demonstration of the power of our tongue. Things going okay there? Um, I was trying something. Okay. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. So Numbers, and Exodus and Numbers, um, basically the Israelites complain a lot against God and against Moses. And it's interesting how the Lord responds in these situations. I mean, it says that um, because of them grumbling and complaining, God sent plagues. He sent fire, poisonous snakes that killed people. And even he said to the Israelites that they wouldn't enter into the promised land except for Caleb and Joshua. And, um, you know, like, why did, why was, why was Caleb and Joshua the only ones allowed to enter into the promised land? It's really because... They had faith in their hearts. They believed what God said. And therefore, because they believed, they spoke it out. They said, you know what? We saw the giants in the land, but we believe our God is bigger than those giants. We believe that we can overcome them and that we can enter in the promised land. And so their faith produced faithful words. And that that pleased God. And God said, you know what? Because you did that, you were the only two that I'm going to allow into my promised land. Yes, they they had to wander the wilderness for a while too. So they had they had that testing of the word also in their lives, where they had to keep believing year after year. Okay, we're still wandering, but finally, like it came to pass, and they were able to enter into the promised land. So God really, um, I'm just realizing more and more like how. God really puts a strong emphasis on his dislike of grumbling and complaining. And I realize more and more how I have a tendency to go there and I don't, I don't want that. You know, I want to enter in personally to my promised land, to all that God has called me to. And part of that is by changing my grumbling and complaining into a thankful heart, into prayers. So they, so Caleb and Joshua, they didn't complain like the other spies, but they spoke words of life and truth. They spoke it over the Israelites, the community that was listening, and no one believed them. Like, even though they spoke these words, they all wanted to latch on and believe the other spies. Okay, that sounds more like a logical, you know, explanation that these, there's giants, and the land's amazing, but there's a lot of giants, we can't defeat them. That, so they wanted to latch on to that idea versus latch on to this faith-filled, radical mindset that we could actually defeat giants by God's help. And so I know I want to I live in this camp. I want to believe the fullness and how we can defeat the giants by the grace of God. All right, last point I'm going to make um, is basically what is the best way we can use our tongue? I believe one of the best ways we can use our tongue is in the place of prayer. So we need to turn our complaints into prayers. And really, that's what King David did. If you look through all throughout the book of Psalms, I love how he's just so real. You know, he just shares where he's um, discouraged and upset. And, uh, you know, in the, one, one uh, psalm he's rolled down here, the other psalm he's up here is just kind of like an emotional roller coaster ride. And that's just human nature. That's, that's me, too. I, I go up and down, and that's just who we are. And so I can really relate to King David. He just, so he just he chose to turn his complaints into prayer. He chose to turn to God when he wanted to complain. Uh, psalm 109 
This is King David saying this. In return for my love, they are my accusers, but I give myself to prayer. So I love that. So evil men are hurting King David with, with their words. So they're accusing him, but David, you know, he chooses not to gossip and slander back, but he does the most godly thing he can do with his tongue, and that is to pray. He prays for his accusers, and I think that's what we need to do. Job 42.10. I'm going to turn there, too, because this is a good one. Okay, it says, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, so Job, if I think of anyone who got probably um, hurt by words in the, in the scriptures, it's Job. Like, he had... He lost everything, and, uh, and then he also started suffering his physical body, just wounds, and I mean, he was just going through a lot, obviously. Um, and so he had these friends that came, and they comforted him for seven days. They were pretty good. They didn't say anything, which is probably nice, just have people sitting by you. But then they started opening their mouths, and they started to, uh, you know, t- just accuse Job and question his faith and question, are you really like following God? Like, aren't you backslidden maybe just a little bit like that this would happen to you? And so they really began to question Job and accuse him and hurt, say hurtful things towards him. And so, um, you know, in all this, Job did not sin. Like it's incredible. And then, um, it says, I love this. The the verse I just said, it says that God, the Lord restored, restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. And so Job, he decided that he was going to, instead of slandering back and, and giving, returning evil for evil, he decided, you know what? I'm going to pray for these guys. And what did God do when he decided to pray for his friends? God decided to give Job back his losses. And, and he gave twice as much as he had before. So he, God brought restoration back to Job when he chose to do the godly thing, which is to pray when someone, when people were in his life were saying hurtful things towards him. Don't fight hurtful words with hurtful words. Fight hurtful words with prayer. You know, Satan accuses, but Jesus says that he ever lives to make intercession. So I think the opposite of accusation that Satan does is intercession, and that's what Jesus is always, he's, he's praying, he's in heaven praying, and uh, we need a model after that. Okay, and I'm going to close here with a verse, a couple verses. This is Colossians 3.17, the Passion Translation. Well, I'm going to first read it, read it in the NIV version, um, so you can kind of reference what, what this, the Passion is talking about. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then the passion says, let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. I love that. It says that, um, let our lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. Like, that's awesome. So like whatever we do, whether in word or deed, so while we're talking, what we're saying, it needs to be done in the name of Jesus. 
And our words really should bring glory to Jesus, and it should be drenched with his beauty. I love that, like that picture, being drenched, our word, our lips should be drenched with the beauty of Jesus. <laughs> like, I want that, however that looks like. Um, okay, so last verse I'm going to share. just going to drag, get a swig of water here. James 3, 8. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now notice it says no man can tame the tongue. So man can't tame it, but you know who can? Jesus. (laughs) He can tame the tongue. So no man can, but God can. So with the Holy Spirit's help, our tongue, it can be a mighty force of good. And so I hope that, you know, this message, guys, just encourages you Kids, Caleb, Noah, Joshua encourages you guys to keep on um, loving Jesus, honoring him with our tongue because it's so easy to, um, you know, it's so easy to cause, like, just to fall short in our area of speech and tongue. And, and I want, you know, I, I want just to, to honor God with my mouth and my speech and what I say more and more. And so I'm going to just close in prayer. And I want you guys also as just, you know, think about this week, like, ask God to give you like life statements over your life. Like maybe even write it down. Just say, just say, Lord, like what are some things I can declare regularly over my life? Like what are things that you've called me to personally and write it down and just write down those maybe even life verses that God's spoken to you in scripture. Maybe there's like there's words in the, in the Bible that you want to write down, but just declare those things over yourself on a regular basis. I believe God would, God can use those things to change you. And as you're just declaring those things, like it's going to cause you, your, you to grow in faith and confidence and, and more just boldness and, and hope for the future, you know? And so, um, let's, let's work on that. Let's work on what we say. Be, just ask God, like, Lord, help me to be aware of what thoughts that I think and then what comes out my mouth so that I can, I am aware of what I say. Cause sometimes I don't even, I, I sometimes don't even know what I think about until I like stop and like, Oh wow, I just thought that thought. Like that's not probably not good for God. <laughs> and so just like, just ask God to help change our thoughts and help change our tongue and help us to bring life to people. I feel like they're, this world is so hurt and broken and so many people just want like a compliment and like want like a life-giving word you know and just so many so many people just need that so you never know just like a little exhortation what that can do to someone and just a little encouragement you know and even at night before going to bed like a lot of times my kids will go around their bunk bed and they'll they'll like go around and say Caleb what I like about you is this and Noah what I like about you is this and I just love like eavesdropping a little bit and listening to what they're saying and uh and I just, I just think that that's just so great that they do that. And um, just finding, instead of going to bed, like, frustrated and mad, like, go to bed, like, thinking of different things that you appreciate maybe about your spouse or your roommate or whoever you're, you know, living with and um, friend or whatever. And so let's, uh, let's be those that give life through our mouth, through our tongue, and glorify Jesus. So I'm going to pray. So, God, we just come before your throne, God, and I just thank you for the word of God. I thank you that you have given us your words through the scripture, that you can speak to us. I thank you that your words give life. We just pray that we would be used as an instrument of your glory, that our tongues would be an instrument of God and not an instrument of Satan, that we would partner with you, Jesus, instead of partnering with Satan, God, that our tongues would be life-giving, healing, 
helpful and that we would um, speak prophetic things, God, over people in our lives. God, we just pray that you would help us to direct the course of our lives, that that, our, that there would just be so much um, beauty drenched from our lips, God, for, regarding you and who you are. Lord, we just pray for grace, Lord. We just thank you that no man can tame the tongue, but you, God, you can help us, Lord, in our weakness. And we just pray that... Um, that you would help us to speak life-giving things, God, and that we would see healings even happen by the words that we say, and that we'd use our tongue um, just even in the place of prayer, that when we are tempted to want to complain or say hurtful things, that we would just instead go and pray. We would, we would just come before you and just say, Lord, help my heart, help my attitude here, and that, that you would really be um, just glorified. We don't want to have... Um, cursing and blessing coming out of our mouth. But Lord, we want to honor you in all that we do, God. And we just ask that you would just help us, Lord. And you just bless tonight, God, that you would pour out your love, Lord, upon us so much, God. We just pray we'd feel your presence here tonight, Jesus. We just ask you would touch us, God, in a deep way, that you would um, just bring your glory into this room, Father. We just thank you for all those that have come tonight, God. And we just pray would you touch each of us in a special way, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.